Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hey, 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 Seattle. Welcome back. It's time for Happy Hour Radio. So happy you're here, always. It's uh, it's October, and I've seen the spiders out and about, and also those uh, spooky spirits are coming our way. And um, speaking of spirits, I got a great set of spirits in front of me. I got two happy souls, um, Paco Joyce and Tammy Brockway Joyce of Seattle Distilling. They're here in the studio. We're going to try some of their great spirits, uh, the gin, the vodka, their idle hands whiskey, idle hour whiskey, that is. And speaking, should we call it happy hour? We'll get you a happy hour whiskey. <laughs> and their coffee liqueur. And uh, wow, f- time is just flying by. We've had so many great, great great segments and great guests and i can't believe it's october already and obviously it's dark and uh, the leaves are falling and uh, lots of pretty colors on the ground and it's time for sipping some some great cocktails now and uh, those uh, those bourbons and those whiskeys and uh, coffee liqueurs sound fantastic it's getting warm getting inside lighting that fire and uh, enjoying Happy Hour Radio on a Saturday night right here, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on 570 KVI. If you ever miss a show and you want to go back and, or you like the show so much, you want to go listen to it again. It's like revisiting a beer or revisiting a wine at a tasting room. We have a tasting room of all of our happy shows on happyhourradio.net. So check it out. Uh, this is show like number 81. I got to go back and count and make sure that uh, I get an audit. I'm sure that someone will become an audit my shows. Anyway, it's time for uh, time for some spirits. And uh, I want to welcome uh, Paco and Tammy. Welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Hey, excited. Um, uh, you know, when I reached out to the Washington Distillers Guild and uh, on Facebook, and that's a great uh, a site. You can see what's happening in the in the distilling world here in Washington State and beyond. Um, and I said, hey, I'm looking for, I want to get connected. I mean, I've been on doing this show for uh, coming up on the two years now, and I've only had a few, maybe four or five spirits from locally, and, I, and uh, but it's all about uh, the world of spirits, and I get that. But I really wanted to sort of focus on because I believe, since the uh, well, the legalization of craft distilling here in Washington State, which I think happened in 2010, it's been five years now or something like that. Uh, a little over three years now. A little over three mm-hmm. years when you could really is that quick? Well, more than yeah. that. No, because uh, we started uh, three and a half years ago. Oh, yeah. You're thinking of the privatization. Yeah, privatization. Oh. Yeah, but I think distilling was ten was five years ago, back in 2010. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then they, yeah, okay. So um, that's great. And, and I think over those five years, uh, people, you know, industrious entrepreneurs such as yourself have really figured out the craft. I'm sure we'll figure that we'll taste that in the glass today. But let's get a figure, let's get a handle on how you got started. Seattle Distilling. Seattle yeah. Distilling. Um, well, my side of the story is... Uh, oh, sorry about that. I'm not used to talking in a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> talking to the tube. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I've been a brewer and a, and a winemaker uh, in my earlier years, and uh, uh, my family's from Butte, Montana, and I'd heard about the, the different uncles out there, and they worked in a welding shop, and they also did beer and wine, but uh, every so often a, they'd have a bad batch of beer or wine, and uh, so they built these stills, and uh, and and they'd run the the batch through and and get their their alcohol through there. It's called recycling, isn't it? That's right. It is <laughs> industrious. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'd always heard about this, and uh, so uh, I uh, 
Did you try some of it? Did you have a sip <laughs> at the time? Were you were you like, hey, this is pretty cool? How old were you when you saw these uncles, you know, uh, blowing off some steam, so to speak? I was over 21. Oh, you were? Okay. <laughs> Great. So they, they inspired you in his basement for about 20 years. And I decided it was time to come out of the basement. Do you have a still museum? <laughs> I mean, 20 years. I think, I think are, we're on the Mark IV. Are you uh, a, you're a slow now. worker here. Yeah. And that's you're a welder by trade? Is that what it is? Or are you an iron worker? How's that? Well, actually, I studied psychology. but uh, <laughs> I, Perfect. I, I dabble in a lot of different things, but uh, metal is one of them. Metal, heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's mm-hmm. cool. So, um, Paco Joyce, you started. You were inspired by the, uh, well, I want to call them the, the, the rednecks. I mean, no. it's your family. But it's... <laughs> Butte, Montana. So the open air, the the Wild West yeah. sort of spirit. And then you landed where? In Vashon? How'd you end up in Vashon? Well, I came out here uh, almost 25 years ago, but I uh, went to school uh, over in eastern Washington. and uh, Which one? I went to Gonzaga. Okay. Yep. Um, but uh, I've been living. Zags. Yeah, it goes Zags. I've been living here for uh, uh, since 95. And uh, before we moved to Vashon, I uh, had the, the the great luck of of meeting Tammy, and we started dating. And I had been thinking about moving to Alaska, um, but she kept me uh, in Washington. But uh, we went out to visit her grandmother, and and uh, it's just a, a magical place out there. It's take grandma lives on Vashon. Grandma then. lived on Vashon. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up visiting Vashon, and I always thought someday, you know, I, I was mostly a a Seattleite for most of my life, but I thought someday when I'm ready to settle down, I'm going to head out to Vashon and find myself some land in the woods. Yeah, lovely place. We had a, mm-hmm. a, pl- a place on the beach years and years ago mm. when I was a kid, and I enjoyed taking the ferry. And I live in West Seattle, so I'm close to it. I see neighbors. I look over there. Yeah, neighbors. Yeah. Um, so Seattle Distilling, you're in Vashon. How'd you get the name Seattle Distilling? Well, we happen to be right next to the coffee roastery, the historic coffee roastery on Vashon Island, now called the Vashon Island Coffee Roastery, where Seattle's Best started way back in the day. And uh, we thought, okay, Seattle's Best Coffee, yeah, they did all right. We had to take a lesson from them. <laughs> you know, we're both longtime Seattleites. We feel like Seattle's our community. And, and Seattle's sort of, a, I think it's kind of shorthand for innovation, yes. you know? And uh, that's what we're about, doing things in a new, old way with the best ingredients Washington has. Well, it's exciting. And um, so you were, uh, Paco, you were a brewer and winemaker, and this was in Washington, or? This was in Washington, too, yeah. Okay, and so how many beers did you brew in your lifetime? Uh, Quite a few. I I had the the luck of uh, joining the Boeing... the Boeing uh, Beer and Wine Club. Oh. And uh, it's amazing. They've got a great set of uh, amateur uh, brewers and, and yeah. winemakers and, and learned a lot through them. A lot of uh, a lot of the stars in Washington and wine world have come out of there, and Damn. Ben Smith and Dave yep. Larson and yep. uh, John Bell and things like that. So uh, very cool speaking with Paco and Tammy Joyce, or Paco Joyce and Tammy uh, Brockway Joyce from Seattle Distilling, which is located in Vashon. And the website is probably pretty simple. SeattleDistilling.com. SeattleDistilling.com. I'm curious. You didn't call it Seattle's best distilling. That's true. We should have. You're right. She just made all the labels red. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Red and black, whatever they were. That's That's right. right. Seattle's best distilling. Still time, maybe. Uh, Well, so fun. So um, you talk about ingredients, and I believe that being a winemaker myself most recently, that it does come down to the ingredients. You've got to have great grapes to make great wine. And and what kind of ingredients are you making? Obviously, you probably came out with a white... white, uh, 
spirit first, or I should say a clear spirit, which would be uh, vodka, typically is what most people do. Yep, that was our first. And then you came out with gin, where you, you took the vodka and infused or macerated or uh, um, percolated, things like that. Exactly. All right, well, let's talk about uh, the mash bill. What makes vodka? Because vodka by nature, vodka by definition is odorless, tasteless, colorless yeah. spirit. Neutral, right? Yeah. So we make ours in an old school style. You could call our vodka an old world vodka. So it's um, it's not as flavorless and neutral as the American style vodkas that we're accustomed to. We start with a hard red winter wheat that's grown in Moses Lake, Washington. We use some green grain and some malted. So you get an interesting mix there. You get kind of some spice and pepper notes from the green grain. And then you get this sort of mellow sweetness from the malt. Uh, the grain we grow in Washington is some of the very best in the world and thank goodness for us Washington distillers I think that's why there are so many of us cropping up in beer makers you know we've got really good grain so with our vodka we wanted you to be able to experience the characteristic of that wheat so we do it in very small batches um, and by doing that we have a lot of control over what goes into the bottle and then into your glass so when you do a distillation run if you're doing a batch run you've got a a beginning, a middle, and an end. The heads, the hearts. Talking and about the, tails. the the alcohol that's volatizing yeah. off of the wort of the beer mixture, and then so you're condensing that back. That's yes, right. So there's a the first stuff that comes out, mm -hmm. the middle stuff for the hearts, and then the tails. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the heads are full of congeners, the things that give you the hangover and that make you feel achy and headachy and all that yucky stuff. And it doesn't taste very good. And then the tails are real watery. You really just want the hearts. And because we do it in a little batch, we can just be real generous about where we cut it. So we are getting the hearts of the hearts in the bottle. And by doing that, we don't have to filter. So hmm. it comes out of the still super smooth. Paco and our partner Ishan built the still by hand and it creates a really smooth spirit so we can cut it so you just get the good stuff. We don't have to filter it. So you can taste characteristics of that wheat. And I think the most interesting thing about our vodka is because we're not filtering out those oils of the wheat, you get a buttery mouthfeel. You get, you, you, hmm. It's a really different experience from your classic American-style vodka. Okay, interesting. So Seattle Stilling does an old-world style from uh, red winter wheat, hard red winter wheat yeah. from uh, Moses Lake, Washington. Now, you saw talk about small batches. What is a small batch? Is that 20 gallons? Is that 100 gallons? Well, uh, for us, actually, um, our small batch is about 300 gallons. 300 gallons of original wort. So you Correct. put a, 300 gallons of beer, and you come out with how much alcohol? Uh, we, well, let's see. <laughs> Doing the math. <laughs> Doing the math. Um, you might end up with... Five gallons? Yeah, you might end up with about, uh, well, maybe about 15 gallons. 15 gallons. Yeah. Okay, great. So that's about one, uh, that's 2%. Yeah. Right? Yep. Close? Mm -hmm. And and again, um, I, I heard on one of your other shows there, but uh, the beer that we uh, make for here is not your typical drinking beer. It's it's not. It doesn't have the doesn't have hops. The hops in there, right? So the things to balance it out for flavor. But you're just uh, so you're mashing grains and you're you're sort of soaking out the leaching out the sugars in the grains and then having uh, yeast ferment that and then making then warming it up so that the alcohol evaporates sooner than the water. Correct. So, which is about 170, Yeah, it 60? starts around 170. Yeah. Um, you know, it starts picking up around 180, uh, yep. and water's about 212. So. And now your water comes from where? I, on, in Vashon, are there wells over there? And I would imagine, yeah. as well, that's what I recall. And it's all rainwater. Mm -hmm. On Vashon, it's, a, it's a, an aquifer. Uh, the rainwater filters through the glacial till uh, on the island, and uh, we just have some fantastic water over there. Mm -hmm. 
Nate, have you had that analyzed? I mean, so you can just take it right out of the tap then? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I analyze cool. it every day out of a glass. <laughs> <laughs> it's refreshing. The nice thing about being in a rural place like Vashon, too, is that the byproduct of all this distilling is a bunch of grain that still has a lot of nutrition left in it. So oh. we're handing this off to farmers on the island who are raising pigs and cows and ducks and chickens, and we've got a couple pigs going ourselves at the house right now. So um, very happy pigs. Uh, eating our mash. They love it. It's, I guess there's a little bit of alcohol left in that, right? Just a touch? A touch. Well, it's it, it's actually before fermentation, but the, the sweetness is still there. Right. Oh, that's right, because yeah. you splarge it. Yep. You got to splarge. I guess that's right. You get the grains, you soak it, and then you take the grains away, then you just have the liquid. But if it sits uh, out for a little while, they... <laughs> <laughs> just like fruit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything sort of gets fermented. Well, that's pretty neat. So uh, I'm excited to sort of taste the Seattle distilling uh, uh, lamb chops, I think you'll be coming yeah, out, right? right? Or, or bacon. <laughs> We have a farmer friend who um, has been raising animals on our grain for a while, and she brings us sausage as sort of a thank you hmm. gift. So we, we call it our employee lunch program. That's neat. She brought us sausages employee once. Employee lunch. Yeah. <laughs> raised, you know, from a pig, raised on our grain. And then the seasoning she used to spice the sausage was our spent gin botanicals. Really? So it was like juniper and coriander and cardamom, and it was so good. And I see you brought some of those. I did. I Fantastic. brought a bunch of our gin botanicals. Well, to tell you what, when we come back from this break, um, we're going to dive in. I'm going to sort of identify. In fact, I'll taste the vodka first and then just sort of appreciate the, the base spirit. Mm-hmm. But then um, I want to taste the gin and then sort of go back to the botanicals that are in that that you use. And I don't want you to tell me what they are. Okay. Give me, you know, test me, blind, what, blind sniff me or something <laughs> like that. And then we'll talk about, of course, the whiskey and we'll finish up a little coffee, a little, uh, little wake up, what do they call it, a um, uh, correcto in uh, That's right. In, yep. That's in, right. Correcto. Yeah, in Italy. Um, speaking with uh, Paco Joyce and Tammy Brockway Joyce, who are the proprietors of Seattle Distilling over on Vashon Island, uh, seattledistilling.com. And uh, they've got a tasting room and uh, lots of fun things happening this fall and winter. And uh, I see the bottles are really cute. They may probably make a great gift. We'll talk about where those are available. And if you want some gifts, uh, you know, turkey time's coming up, folks. And you haven't tried coral wines yet. Uh, I just had some turkey the other day just to sort of make sure that when we're pouring our wines for some of these great uh, holiday Thanksgiving dinners that uh, especially with leftovers that our rosé our white and our red coral wines all grow fanta- go fantastic with turkey so check it out They're available at PCC markets in uh, metropolitan markets all around the town but stick around we'll be coming back with Seattle Distilling right here on Happy Hour Radio Hi, this is Yashar with ImpulseWine.com, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right. Welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's round two. Hope you got something great in your glass. I know I've got uh, four great things in my four great glasses. <laughs> we got four segments. One, four, one glass for every segment. Speaking with Paco Joyce and Tammy Brockway Joyce, proprietors of Seattle Distilling over on Vashon Island, seattledistilling.com. And I now have a, um, well, I just had a little taste of the vodka spirit. Talk about that. You said red winter wheat, right? Yep, hard red winter wheat from Moses Lake. That's right. And we... 
we get the very best grains we can find and we focus on doing really nicely cut small batches so you really get to experience the character of that wheat. Interesting. I'm tasting it. There's a real sense of sweetness on this. It reminds me more of sweet spring water versus something alcoholic. I know alcohol actually is, is built on sugars and things mm -hmm. like that. But um, it's it has a distinctive flavor. And I think vodkas in the past because they were always cheap when you're young. <laughs> you're drinking cheap vodka. It was kind of nasty. That's why it you had was. to mix it. But this is really a good sipper. This is a good martini vodka. It's a great martini vodka. I'm really vodka. impressed. What Thank does this you. bottle cost? And do you only do 375s or do you do Nope. We've got three 750s. Liters? We, we don't have three liters. We've got uh, 375s and 750s. And they retail, let's see, a 750 retails right around 34 Ish. That's cool. Yeah, I would put that up against any world class vodka, Thank and you. Um, and I would tell you, I wouldn't talk about it if I didn't like it. Thanks. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. So we don't talk about something down the road. Like, hey, what, what happened? <laughs> anyway, um, so vodka, uh, delicious. Um, how long does it take to? What's the cycle of the uh, distillation? Is it two hours? Is it? Yeah. Um, from start to finish, it's it's around two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, two weeks. So you takes a day to to mash it and and get your beer going, uh -huh. ferment it, uh, the fermentation, about ten days, uh, and then you run it through the still, and voila, you got vodka. Now, are you adding yeast to that? Uh, that you are. Okay. Yep. And are you adding uh, high octane yeast, really, to want to eat all those sugars and. Yep. Our particular brand is called Daddy. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> But what it does is it ferments fast uh, and complete. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, you did you have a plan? You say, you know, we're going to get into distilling. Here's what we want to do. Was that part of the business plan? We want to do four things or five things or 20 things? You know, I think we knew we wanted to do things that focused on the Washington grain. We knew we wanted to do things that we liked to drink um, and things that sort of highlighted other interesting ingredients. So the gin kind of highlights some really cool Washington ingredients and some super local ingredients. Excellent. Well, I'm going to taste the gin, okay. and let's just talk about the, the process. Is this, is this vodka just infused, or how do you actually get the flavors and aromas in this particular yeah, so spirit? So this is uh, the same base spirit as the vodka, the hard red winter wheat. And then what we do is we do a vapor infusion where we'll take the base spirit, run it through a botanical box where we've got all our botanicals in there. And as the alcohol steam goes through, it picks up all the flavors and becomes uh, gin. The, the only uh, definition for gin is that it's got juniper berries in there. So that's our first ingredient. Okay, I see the juniper here, obviously. Uh, now, is this a special juniper, or can I go pick the stuff that's the berries off my my big green bush in front of my house? Well, you can. the 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 gins will be uh, amazingly different, um, but uh, we've we've learned a, a, along the way that uh, going to um, well, we end up getting ours from the the southern uh, part of Washington, um, and uh, just getting some very amazing. Um, flavors out of it. There's a gin out of uh, California, um, the terroir gin. And by St. George. By St. George. Oh, I've had him on the line. That's fantastic. Oh, and, so uh, good. It was really good. And their uh, juniper berries are coming from the California area, so they start taking on you know, the sage and, and some I remember of the that. California. We talked about that. Yeah. That mm -hmm. was a great show. Well, I'm, I'm, you've got two, four, C. You have ten little uh, tins full of, of these aromats that you mm -hmm. put in, or what do you call them? 
botanicals, botanicals or aromatics. Yes. Yeah. There's one that's not f- that's not uh, represented mm-hmm. here. It's our bitter almond oil. Bitter almond oil. Sure, mm-hmm. that's probably a little messy. Yeah. Well, I see lavender, which is really cool. And mm-hmm. that's grown right on Vashon Island at Lavender Fun. Sisters Farm. And I see cardamom, right? That's mm-hmm. cardamom. You got it. Yep. Smells good. Um, uh, uh, this one's confusing to me. Is this that Angelica is Root? Angelica Root. <laughs> good job. Um, and this is a, a peppercorn, a, a white... That is coriander. Coriander, that's it. Which we have a farmer on the uh, island growing for us now. Uh, very yep. cool. It's bigger coriander than I've seen in my garden. Yeah. I, I get the little ones. Uh, this one looks like... Angelica. This is Angelica the same. Or, oh, I'm uh, sorry. That's oris. the oris. Oris, oris that's it. Oris. Yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, this looks like wheat. Oh, that is. That's some of the wheat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this looks like uh, cinnamon or cascus, yeah, what do you they call it? it. Cinnamon. And then the last one looks like mm, orange peel or something. Lemon peel. Lemon good peel. Job, Very yeah. good. Now, this one is confusing to me. This smells like chocolate to me. Let me see. What is that one? That? Ah. that was a cool one. I mean, that's really sexy. Oh. It smells like cocoa. Oh, this is elderberry. That's elderberry? Yeah. It has a very um, cocoa bean-like like aroma. Yeah, it kind of gets nice and rich mm. and mellow when it's when it's dry. Wow. Well, that's really neat. So you actually have 10 different botanicals in this, infused in this. One more that I, I don't, I must not have brought the tin. We also use hazelnuts. So another oh, very yeah. classic yep. Northwest ingredient. Now, I've never seen it in a gin recipe before, um, and it really brings this round sort of um, grounding note. Thank you. Yeah, I'd call it nutty. We use that term in wine all the time, and I think it's really, really fun. Now, how did you sort of determine what percentages of these ingredients you mm-hmm. actually added? How many trials were there? Oh, so I think we're around many. 40. 40? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our, our co-founder, Ishan Dillon, was the, the brain behind our gin recipe, and he is a gin fanatic and made many, many, many versions on a little mini still, and he'd bring it to us every week. We'd sit down and, and sip about, oh, probably five or six or seven of his new recipes, and we'd say, oh, we like this, we don't like that, we like this. And about lev- about number 26, we all were like, yeah, we like it. But he was not happy. He kept perfecting until this, which I think is 40. Um, Wait, so 26 different samples. Is that like beers? Where, wow, that gal's looking really great now. The fifth <laughs> yeah, beer? Totally. This is perfect. By the end, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And then it was kind of a trick because he was making it on our mini still. And then to, to scale it up for the big still, it's not a direct one-to-one ratio. So, yeah. so then there was the next to- batch of tinkering to get it back to that batch we loved. Interesting. Now, how did you find Angelica Root? I just tasted it. it it's a very, very subtle flavor in this form. I'm yeah. sure it's probably more fragrant and more fresh when it's used for the f- actual uh, flavoring or, or infusing. It is, and but uh, we find that with with that and maybe like the orris root, too, that they tend to be helpers, that they're, they take a, a backseat note, but they... Add an extra complexity Yeah, they fill in the little spaces, I'm sure. Yeah, they kind of bring it together. Yeah, bring it together. Mm -hmm. Well, um, a very, very palatable, very fresh, um, delicious spirit. Congratulations. Thank you. And I have to admit, uh, you know, my... Love beloved grandmother who's now in heaven drinking beef eater gins. Um, <laughs> you know she would love beef eater gin. I yeah. was never a big fan. Obviously, yeah. that's a style, and I think um, our, our our elders finally find their groove and hang that's with right. it. Uh, but I just found gin this year personally most refreshing. Obviously, the ninety degrees is gin and soda for me was like holy smokes. Yep, it's complex, it's refreshing, and um, it just. Had didn't have any sugar either, which I think you're trying to, uh, you know, do the right thing. Right. Um, you got to make your choices where you put the calories, <laughs> yeah. but um, quite delicious. So this would be thirty four dollars for the seven fifty yeah, as well. Right about there. Fantastic. Yeah. And so you talk about a two week process just for the vodka. What process does it take to uh, infuse the gin? 
Well, Jin's a uh, timeline. I should say it's about the same. Mm. Um, so the infusion process is it's the same. Uh, it takes about a day. Uh, we do a you know a cut on it uh, to bring it into proof. Um, our gin actually is is eighty uh, proof. And the vodka is as well. Yep. It is. Okay. Yes. And uh, and so the that those are that's one of the reasons why we started with those two is that they're clear, they're quick. Sure. Uh, for a small distillery, yeah. it's the best way. Cash to, flow to spirit start kind of thing. Yep. And um, you you your final distillate uh, is about about one thirty four one. Yeah, it's it's there about um it it fluctuates through the run. Yeah. And uh you know, you start high and and end up low. Um Okay. But, uh, yeah, the, the the average is about there. Now tell yeah. me about this Idle Hour whiskey. Yeah, so the Idle Hour whiskey is a single malt whiskey. Um we're using malted barley from the Palouse uh Valley area. And uh we uh we came up with the name. We found um Back in 1905, at the south end of Vashon Island, there was this little uh, encampment, and they had this little cabin. And every time it was, it was basically the the area bar, and they'd put a sign out, "Idle Hour," and that meant "Come on down for happy hour." Yeah. And uh, we thought uh, we found we found this fantastic photo, and uh, we've got it framed in the tasting room. You can come down and check it out. But uh, it's like uh, you know, we would just want to bring that back to our whiskey to slow down and enjoy and and sip with your friends and uh, so that's how we got the name. Uh, we add a little bit of honey during fermentation, um, which uh, lends a teeny bit of a sweet uh, to it. Um, the other the other thing that we're doing on island, uh, Andrew Will Winery is uh, very close to us, and we've been getting uh, our Cabernet Sauvignon barrels from them. They're neutral at that point, uh, but we come back and we recuper them uh, ourselves. And so we'll we'll add the char back into it, and then we'll put our spirit so in So you'll there. scrape them and then rechar them. Correct. Yeah, very yeah. cool. And, well, uh, hold on to that thought, because uh, I want to take a sip of this whiskey when we come back from this break. And I, I like, you know, we've had Chris Camarda and uh, Robin Pollard on the show, and uh, great folks. And I'm so excited that there's such great connectivity over there yeah. on Vashon. Speaking with Paco Joyce and Tammy Brockway Joyce of Seattle Distilling here on Happy Hour Radio. I've had the pleasure of sniffing a bunch of these great botanicals, and I urge you to go out and, and check it out, seattledistilling.com. Um, I've got two more spirits to taste. When we come back for segment three, you're going to learn all about Idle Hour Whiskey and the new coffee liqueur. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Brian Cisneros with the Northwest Chocolate Festival, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Only one station has Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's time for round three. And round three for me means uh, Idle Hour Whiskey from Seattle Distilling. And if you heard that little break, uh, that was my friend Brian Cisneros of Northwest Chocolate Festival. And that took place uh, a couple weeks ago and it was fantastic. I mean, the largest chocolate festival in the world takes place right here in Seattle. If you want to learn anything about how to make chocolate, play with chocolate, eat chocolate, drink chocolate... Check it out next year. It's typically the first weekend in October, uh, northwestchocolate.com. I had a fantastic time. I took my mother. It was 
Awesome. And speaking of awesome, I'm really digging this single malt whiskey you produced. So this is a, a single malt malted barley whiskey that's been uh, fermented and then aged and matured in uh, used French barrels from uh, Chris Camarda and Andrew Will. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you picked the Cabernet ones just because, or did you... You know, just because uh, they had a lot of them there. So. <laughs> uh, that's right. They're doing a couple of different cabs. That's yeah. great. Well, it's that's so fun. You know, I've tasted it, and it has it is very distinct. It's more more European style whiskey than it is American or North American style whiskey. Why is that? Well, it, uh, is it the wood. I think this must be the French oak. The French oak plays a role in that that's for sure. Is. Yeah, and then you know, by recharring the barrels, you get that smoke that that gives you kind of a a scotch vibe to it. You know, it's it's a, a little it's peaty, a little peaty. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, we actually have. Peat bogs on Vashon Island, so uh, we will be tinkering with tinkering. that idea. Yeah, just do peat vodka, <laughs> right? <laughs> a peated vodka? Heck yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, they do that. It's the new make spirit, right? You yeah. ever had that? It's new make spirit from Lafroig and things. Oh like that. right, yeah. yeah. Ooh, oh, that's peaty. Yeah, that's that too peaty really for this peaty. lady. Let yeah, me tell you, that's, that's not Pete Carroll peaty. It's uh, <laughs> I, think yeah. a, I think there's a piece of uh, peat in every bottle. Yeah, a it tastes like a deep peat. I yeah. think they call pizza. That. No, there you go. Pizza and vodka. Pizza. <laughs> it goes good with spicy pepperoni and smoky Perfect. and dewy and all that. That's not about it. Yeah, that could be good. I'm having a that good time. Work. This yeah. is round three with my friends Paco Joyce and Tammy Brockway Joyce of Seattle Distilling. So tell us about the tasting room. What are your hours over there? We are Thursday through Sundays, noon to five, out on Vashon Island, or by appointment. Call us up and come visit. It's yeah. a fun little log cabin right on the center of the island. Uh, is there a bus I can take? To, yeah. I can do the walk on. I can take the bus down to Vashon Ferry, the Fauntleroy Ferry, and then yep. okay. Yeah, hop right off at Center. Tell them you're going to Center. Then I'm going off, to Center. Come to the little red log cabin. That's us. The little red log cabin. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. So that was the Seattle's best coffee color on the red log that's cabin. Right. It was. That's yeah. right. Well, that's that's neat that uh, you you've uh, been in business now five four years. Yeah, we you know we started the process Coming about four up. years ago. We've had product for about three. Yeah. Where can we find your product if we can't make the trip to Vashon? Well, if you can't make the trip to Vashon, I'm sorry for you, but that's okay. You can find us at Downtown Spirits, Wine World and Spirits, Total Wine and More, lots of the little local shops. Um, we're in many Whole Foods, lots of QFCs. Awesome. Yeah. And a lot of uh, restaurants and bars, too. Absolutely. That's great. Well, I'm excited. So being on Vashon, obviously having that great community, whether it's... Uh, Farming pigs and sheep and lamb, mm-hmm. or, or you know, pressing grapes or roasting coffee or yeah. making cider. Are you going to do something cider? Are you going to do an eau de vie? Are you going to do something with apples or pears, something like that? Because to me, that you've got you've got the the perfect yeah. opportunity. We, we are. We we actually have been uh, working with uh, Palouse Winery. Uh, we did their Linda first... Kirkish. Yes. Hey, Linda. Linda and George. Um, we did a uh, a brandy for them, and they made their first port. Um, also on the so island, delicious Dragon's oh. Head Cider, uh, Wes and Laura Cherry, and we have some of their uh, apple cider aging right now. And yeah. Calvados next fall, getting ra- rave reviews. Oh, do you have to actually age the apple the the cider? Is that what? significant in the process of Calvados? Or I thought it was just press the juice, ferment it, and then distill it, and then age it. That's right. We're aging it. So we're oh, aging see. the distilled spirit right now. So you've yeah. already, you're yeah. making Calvados or right. a Calvados style. It is tasting really good right now. I can hardly wait to see what it's going to be Is that a like neutral barrel, or did you actually use like something like a limousine oak like they do in cognac? Well, it was a, it was a neutral barrel. Yeah. 
or a virgin barrel, sorry. And we yeah. smoked, we charred it though, and I think we're actually going to switch it into a neutral, a more neutral barrel, so we don't overpower it with the smoke. Right. There's oh, a smoke right. Going on there right now. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. You've got plenty of time, and yeah. uh, I think your spirits are great. Last spirit here we have is called uh, coffee liqueur. Yeah. Um, this must be an ode to your your foundings, your you bet. Uh, Seattle's best. Did you actually use Seattle's best beans, or did well, you? We use beans from the coffee roastery that was Seattle's best, the Vashon Island Coffee Roastery. This is their Orca blend. They make really delicious coffee. This is one of our favorite roasts. It's a, a medium roast, so you taste the fruit. You taste a little bit of the, the toast. Uh, we cold brew it. We add vodka and a touch of brown sugar. We wanted this to be about really good coffee, not about sugar. It smells like coffee. That's yeah. it, it didn't smell like sweet Kahlua or something like that yeah. or... Um, and my first impression was that it was it was more of a, a French press coffee in the glass. Now, tell me about this cold press. I've yeah. heard that before. What does that mean? Well, it's funny. When we made this, the first batch I made, I made with a really strong stovetop espresso in, in a little tiny batch, and we loved it. And then we tried to recreate that in a big scale, and we had a really hard time. We tried just about everything. And then I thought I invented cold pressing. Um, I... I soaked the beans in cold water, and I was like, this is amazing. Everybody taste this. And then I did some Googling and found out that that's the whole thing, and everybody knows about that. I just didn't know about yeah, it. Yeah, the, so. the boiler burned out in Italy, and they actually the only thing they could do was soak the beans yeah, in cold water. Yeah, right? So. And it makes this super delicious, rich coffee, not too bitter, nice little kick of caffeine in there. Uh, well, that's fun, and uh, that that's kind of the new deal these days, right? Vodka yeah. Red Bulls, everyone's right. a little jolt. Um, I think this is actually delicious. It's a little yeah. sweet for my taste, mm -hmm. and um, I, I would also love a little more. In fact, I'm going to add some of your vodka. So this is actually the yeah. same vodka spirit. That's right. I should add vodka. I'm going to pour a little into my whiskey, too, I, just I for fun. Say, yeah. The whiskey is my favorite combo. Is that it? The yeah. So and whiskey's great That makes together. sense, because you know when I'm cooking Thanksgiving dinner, I always start with a uh, little... Uh, coffee and whiskey yeah. and a little uh, condensed milk Delicious. and it's getting cold and yeah. rainy and wet outside yeah. so i gotta try this see the uh how it puffs up this uh coffee liqueur 21 percent alcohol mm -hmm. that's just over a port yeah it is that's right yeah. that's right now we're talking <laughs> i want a little uh, you a know little heat I, yeah, I think that's yeah. you know, that heat meets the uh the sweetness um it's really delicious so how long does it take to do this is that well, a two-week process? You, I mean, you've got the spirit already. You yeah. cold press it, and you add brown sugar. Do you have to liquefy the brown sugar? We do. We, you know, we started out making sort of a classic way to bake a coffee liqueur is with a simple syrup, but we didn't. We didn't want to water the coffee down, so we just warm the coffee just enough to melt the brown sugar. Yep. So it, that's about a day process. The oh, coffee. I see. So you melt it. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And uh, how many beans does it take to put in a, in a three seventy five, or what's it? A, a <laughs> cup a of coffee? Two cups of coffee, or it by volume? It's about half coffee, half spirit. So I don't know. What, do you, what does that work out to in beans, Puck? Mm. Seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> seven, not eleven. It's a seven and a half. Um, well, so so delicious. I, I really like this with the whiskey. Isn't to that me, nice? now that really rounds it out. That gives it more depth. I think you get yeah. the the heat in there, mm -hmm. and then the the sweetness sort of works with that just hint of smoke. Yeah. There's, there's a great uh, cocktail called the Revolver. Yeah, my my new version on the Revolver. So the Revolver is classically a one part coffee liqueur, one part whiskey, and a dash of orange bitters and an orange twist, and it's phenomenal. Lately, I've been making it instead of with the orange bitters with Scrappy's black lemon bitters. Ooh, fun! I haven't had oh, that one yet. Super good. 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, so exciting. What a pleasure to meet you both. Paco Joyce and Tammy Brockway Joyce of Seattle Distilling over on Vashon Island. Your tasting room's open Thursdays through Sunday, 12 to noon. Sorry, noon to 5. Yeah. <laughs> You've got uh, the delicious vodka gin, the Idle Hour whiskey, and of course this coffee liqueur. Uh, it's really a premium beverage. Uh, congratulations on such fine spirits, and I uh, hope to see you again on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Wow, what a treat. Um, I do love spirits, and we're going to have a whole host of spirits now through the holidays, and um, we're going to recognize the great works, the great efforts, the entrepreneurship of uh, Washington State, of course, uh, rec- featuring and highlighting our agriculture, but of course, uh, the artisan spirit that we find within craft distilling. Coming up next is going to be, um, well, somewhat of a, a happy note and a sad note. This will be the, the, the f- one of the final shows we have with our great friends, one of our fantastic sponsors this last year and a half. Uh, Mary Hill Winery, this is our reality radio segment, and we've done a whole year. We've, been, we've visited the winery on a regular basis for 12 months, learning exactly what's happening from uh, harvest to harvest. And uh, Coming up next will be uh, our friends at Mary Hill and a day in the life of Mary Hill Winery. And If you want to go back and relive some of that, you want to see what the cycle is of a year, uh, in the wine business or a vintage as they call it in France go to our website it's happyhourradio.net and uh, hey do you guys have a Twitter handle Paco yeah. and Tammy Se- what is it at Seattle Distills at Seattle Distills mm-hmm. I like it and I'm at Happy HR Radio so we'll do some tweeting and uh, make sure that everyone knows where we're at uh, in the, the world the Twitter sphere I should say because that's really important I don't want to lose my point two milliseconds of fame <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> I love it so cigarette Around, folks, coming up on segment four is a day in the life of Happy Outweight. No, a day in the life of Mary Hill Winery, right here on Happy Hour Radio. I'm Jeffrey Dorgan with the Space Hill Restaurant, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KBI. It's KBI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalier, Christopher Chan. All right, time for round four here on Happy Hour Radio. And uh, coming up uh, this month, uh, I've got a bunch of segments that I attended the SIP Northwest Magazine 5th Anniversary Party. And uh, what a fantastic event that was. I had a chance to to meet a whole host of uh, wonderful beverage producers here, whether they're wineries, cideries, uh, spirits, and breweries. Um, and this party had them all, and I was having such a good time. The party was loud and lively up on the top floor of uh, Premier on Pine, a great new condo downtown Seattle. Um, and I t- chatted with uh, Propolis Cider and Salish Sea Organic Liqueurs and Anichi Cellars. And right now, uh, I'm going to chat with uh, a lovely young lady who's part of the Castillo de Feliciano family. This is a winery located in Walla Walla and also have a great tasting room up in Woodenville and the tasting room is a huge house they've got live music uh, great food and of course a whole host of fantastic wines all from Washington um Kara's brother uh, Chris makes the wine and right now we're at uh, going to 
premiere on Pine, the SIP Northwest Magazine, fifth anniversary party. Here's some takes with uh, Castillo de Feliciano. Kara, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And uh, I do love Albarino. Of course, Albarino is uh, a Spanish grape. And let's first talk about uh, the history of your winery. How long have you been producing wine in Washington? We've been producing wine since 2007 under the Feliciano label. All right. And uh, you do primarily Spanish wines. I- I'm taking the Castillo de Feliciano is a Spanish label or a Spanish title and t- tell me the, the history behind this particular name of the winery. Well, my family's Spanish, so we're Castillo and Feliciano was my mom's great aunt. She was from Spain and it's sort of a tribute to Feliciana um, and our family. Where in Spain was she from? She was from, it's, it's very cloudy, but she's from northern Spain. Oh, okay, uh, northern Spain. So that's, that's kind of a long area. We got Barcelona to the right and uh, Galicia to the left. Well, uh, obviously, Albarino is known from the Galicia region, and we got great Albarinos there. I'm enjoying this bright, peachy Albarino. Uh, this comes from Yakima Valley. You, uh, what vineyard is that? Dutchman Vineyard. Okay, so Dutchman. I'm going to learn to find, figure out where that vineyard is. And I understand that your brother Christopher is the winemaker. Yes, he is. Where did he learn to make wine? Oh, he made he learned to make wine in the Walla Walla Valley School of Enology and Viticulture. Uh, that's a great program. We have lots of... In fact, that's the new UC Davis for Washington State. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're making all the, the, the new class of great winemakers and uh, young people who are very excited about it. How old is your brother? He is, oh gosh, 32? <laughs> 32, very good. He's younger than me. So oh. oh, okay. Oh, ah, well, all right. Well, um, happy birthday at some point. And uh, tell us other variety or styles of wine you produce at Castillo de Feliciana. Well, we mainly focus on Albareño and Tempranillo. Um, we also do a Malbec or unique, innovative Spanish-style blends. So um, we have a Wednesday wine called Miércoles, and that means Wednesday in Spanish. We have Arerentro, which means within in Spanish, so sort of cheers. And can we drink the Wednesday wine on any day... Any other day but Wednesday? The rule is if you don't drink it on Wednesday, you have to drink it every other day of the week. Every other day of the week. So it's Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. No, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, all the rest of the days, you mean. Well, how fun. And uh, you're you're well distributed here in the Seattle area? We are. Great. Where can we find your wines at one of the local specialty wine shops or supermarkets? Uh, I know you can find it at Ballard Market. I know you can find it at Arista in Edmonds. Um, Those are a few places. Excellent. Well, uh, lovely wine. I look forward to uh, tasting more. The Reds, if I can get through the 40 wineries here today at the SIP Anniversary Bash. A lot of drinking. Well, Kara, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. All right, thank you. Hey, that was really fun with Kara Castillo of Castillo de Feliciano Winery, located in Walla Walla, and the tasting room up in Woodenville. And that was the first of many, many segments uh, that I featured at the SIP Northwest Magazine fifth anniversary party. Uh, you'll hear these segments uh, throughout the month of October, and uh, it is October. Um, time to start thinking about the holidays and uh, trick or treating. And, and even more. Um, we're going to have some great holiday ideas coming up uh, uh, starting in November and, of course, some great wine pairings that uh, will work perfectly with your holiday meal, regardless of its uh, fish, uh, turkey, and, uh, you know, all the good stuff. And uh, if you ever miss a show, folks, remember, we've got uh, a great website. It's called happyhourradio.net. You can find all our shows or check out soundcloud.com and, uh, of course, our Facebook uh, posting H uh, Happy Hour Radio on Facebook is the home, uh, the easiest home for all of our information. We'll feature all of our guests. 
we'll send links out to the uh, the recent shows and we'll tease upcoming shows and um, you can also send us a message and uh, check it out so share it with your friends hope you're enjoying happy hour radio every Saturday right here 6 to 7 p.m. on 570 KBI if you have a Twitter account give us a tweet happy HR radio and if you ever have a question send it to ask at happy I'm your host Christopher Chan thanks for joining me remember folks life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers!